Father in heaven, thank you so much that we can come together um, on this beautiful day in Arizona. We pray, Lord, that you would send your spirit to be here. And Lord, that as a ripple effect of our time together this morning, uh, that thousands of people, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, would hear about the three angels' messages through small literature. Uh, Lord, we pray for uh, those who are here, those who are coming. We pray for those who will hear this presentation uh, later through audio verse. Lord, that you would speak to them and uh, that uh, your work might be uplifted. And uh, we ask for these things in your son's name. Amen. Okay, great. Well, glad that you all were able to make it today. Um, I, I don't know if you're staying in the local hotel here, but uh, we are at a, a Airbnb house that we rented that's about three miles away, and the rain was so heavy this morning that uh, it was, it, we had to drive slow on some of the streets so that the, 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 the tires wouldn't kick the water up into our engine and we'd have problems. I was hoping that uh, you know, we'd, we'd make it here this morning. But you all probably just walked over from the hotel, right? No problem. So, um, well, my name's Nelson. For those of you who um, haven't looked at the seminar uh, presenter, and um, I work for the Pacific Union uh, as a director of a ministry called Glow. And uh, I'm assuming that most of you who are here have already passed out some kind of literature before, perhaps Glow tracks, and uh, maybe some of you here have heard about uh, the mission trips that we've been doing recently with Glow. And that's what I'm going to spend the majority of our time talking about this morning is, is some of the awesome stories that have come out of the mission trips that we've been doing and also um, how we all can get involved in not just doing, joining the mission trips but also uh, putting together mission trips too because it's, it's a relatively easy thing to do. So, but to start with, I wanted to show you something. Uh, this is a, a picture of the, the world church's map, you could say and how they divide up the world church into the 13 divisions. And uh, you can see the different colors there, and even on the bottom, it, it breaks down the names of the different divisions. So um, just a, a quick update on some progress. GLOW is a, is a program that's, that started literally in a renovated garage in 2007. And God has just been pushing and pushing and pushing it forward and opening up doors. Um, and we're just trying to keep pace with what God's doing. And uh, now, now we're to the point where we're, we're going and, and the various divisions of the World Church are, are interested in starting the program. So we've been flying to a lot of the different divisions and talking with the administration, including my brother here, uh, Vincent Same, Same Vincent, uh, coming from the, the West African division, all the way, two days flight to get here. And um, uh, we've been enjoying working with them. And uh, the divisions are signing contracts to work using glow tracks. And we're also uh, working with the General Conference on doing an initiative that hopefully will be kicking off in 2017 to encourage the World Church to distribute one billion tracks. One billion with a B. So that's uh, something to pray for, <laughs> because a billion is a big number. But really, if you, if you think about it number-wise, it's actually quite easy. If only half of the church membership passes out just one packet of glow, we almost have a billion tracks just with that. And so, um, you know, the, the, the hard thing is just going to be spreading the message. And, and talking to people about it and getting people into it. And we're also going to be developing an app to go along with it so when you pass out the tracks, you can report your numbers and you can see a global tally of all the people across the globe who are passing out literature. And uh, it's, it's just something we're really excited about. And uh, you guys can uh, just keep an eye out for that. 
Also want to just point your direction over here to my friend uh, Camille Metz. Raise your hand, Camille. This is Camille. If you folks here have any questions in regards to international work with GLOW, maybe you want some tracks in different languages, maybe you're traveling to a different country and you need some tracks in a different language, Camille Metz is the man to talk to. He is our uh, international coordinator for GLOW, and uh, he's based out of uh, the, the office over there in Lansing, Michigan, and uh, we're just excited to have him working with us. He's going to take off in a few minutes here. He has to head back, but um, he's been doing a powerful work, and God's been using him. So. Just keeping on uh, going here, we're, we're working with the various divisions, and um, I want to tell you, before I move on from this picture, I want to tell you one story about how God is working with these divisions, okay? So recently, the Inter-American Division, which is uh, Mexico down to just above Brazil, that orange section on the map, um, we, we were invited to go and present GLOW for two hours at their personal ministries um, advisory meetings just a, a couple months ago. And so you had the personal ministries directors for all the unions there, and uh, after we got done giving our presentation, um, and I'm happy that we had two hours because it had to be translated into Spanish, so we needed all the time we could get. Um, after we were done with our presentation, they were very excited about getting their church members involved in passing out literature. But uh, God wasn't satisfied, I suppose. So after the, 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 the presentation was done, I was sitting in the back of this meeting room, and I get a call on my cell phone from a person that uh, it doesn't tell who it is. It's just a number. And I'm telling you, I never answer those phone calls. If I don't know who it is, I just let them leave a message. But for some reason, my finger moved over and I pressed the answer button. And, uh, and I answered the phone. And, and, uh, and this man is talking to me on the phone and he says, yes, I, I received some of your literature, blah, 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 blah. And he keeps on going. And all of a sudden, it dawns on me that something something, uh, some fluke happened in the routing system for our glow tracks. And this is an actual non-Adventist who got one of our glow tracks, and he's calling my cell phone number, and he's telling me uh, what happened. And, uh, you know, we have a 1-800 number for the North American Division tracks, where people punch in the state that they are from when they get attracted, when they call in for Bible studies, they punch in the state, and then it routes them to the appropriate conference office to help them with Bible studies. Well, for some reason, there was a fluke, and this guy's calling me, and, and you know, the last time I answered one of those calls was when we first started this program, like years ago, and I'm thinking, man, I don't know how to do this, you know? So, so uh, anyway, I just listened to what he says, and come to find out, this man, he, he told me the three tracks that he received, he told me the titles, he had just ordered a garage door opener from Amazon, and when the package came through Amazon, he opened up the package, and there were these three glow tracks. Somebody had stuck them into an Amazon package when they shipped out their garage door opener. Uh, either that or the Amazon delivery guy or whatever, you know, UPS stuck it in there. Who knows? But the point is, he wasn't upset about it at all. He was actually calling because he really liked it. And this was a, a man who was a, um, he was a chaplain of, uh, in an evangelical church, and he oversees a group of men. Uh, that he studies with, and he was calling in to order 12 Bible studies, uh, separate Bible studies, uh, so that he could uh, begin giving Bible studies to these, men's, to these men with that, uh, um, you know, free offer that we have on the back of the tracks. And so, you know, I was blown away with this, and I, I was like, yeah, sure, we can help you with that. And, and then I even told him, I said, you know what, this is actually not supposed to come to me. Uh, I didn't tell him that I was the director of the program or anything, but I said, you know, this is my cell phone, and and this is funny that this happened right now. And anyway, we kind of laughed about it. And then we prayed together. And he signed up for 12 Bible studies. 
And as soon as I was off of that call, you know what I did? I went right back into that meeting room uh, where all the Inter-American Division Personal Ministries directors were, and I was able to t share with them a fresh testimony right out of the oven. You know what I mean? And I'm telling you, it just brought up the interest level that much more. So that's just one example of what God is doing uh, you know, in these various divisions. It's very obvious that he wants his people to get into the habit of putting literature in their pockets and carrying it with them wherever they go. People in all these different divisions can get involved in something this simple. So I want to share with you a few quotes, okay? Just two, two quotes. These are some of my favorites uh, from Ellen White on this topic. Uh, this is one where she says, let every Seventh-day Adventist ask himself, what can I do to proclaim the third angel's message? It is to be proclaimed to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. How are we to give it? She answers by saying the distribution of our literature is one means by which the message is to be proclaimed. Going on, she says, let every believer scatter broadcast tracts and leaflets and books containing the message for this time. None can estimate the influence that even a torn page containing the truths of the third angel's message may have upon the heart of some seeker after truth. Can you imagine that? Sometimes you see a tract on the ground and you think, oh, what a waste. Actually, it's not a waste. We actually have, we have people calling in on a regular basis who receive literature that they find on the ground and they read it. We had two stories that are similar to this uh, that, that illustrate this quote. She says that we can't estimate the influence of a, even a torn page of our literature. We haven't had people calling in because they've gotten torn tracts and they've read it, but we've had two stories come to us where the tracks have been uh, on the ground or outside somewhere and the rain has come and they've gotten wet. And the people have walked by, they've picked it up, and the only thing that they were able to discern on the tract was the contact information on the back. They didn't even read the content. And they called the phone number on the back to us in California and they signed up for Bible studies. We had one that was, on a, that was placed by an Adventist on a drinking fountain, I think in Walmart. I mean, you know, you'd think that's a good place to put it, but the problem is, is that we don't have waterproof tracks. So some water from the drinking fountain got on that track. It soaked it. It was very hard to understand. But if another person came by, they picked it up, and they called the contact information on the back and signed up for Bible studies anyway. That ended up turning into a Bible study where one of our Bible workers was, was interjected or inserted into a, a Bible study that was already happening with a, a group of evangelicals, and they were able to help lead that study with our Bible study information because they found a tract on a drinking fountain that was messed up from water. By the way, this reminds me, we are in the process now of developing waterproof glow tracks. I'm not joking. We're working with Pacific Press right now to develop waterproof glow tracks. When I first called Pacific Press and I said, hey, this is what we want to do, they were like, they, they took it back to their, to their department that deals with those kind of things, and the department says, um, they don't even make paper like that. And I said, yeah, they do. They have to, because somebody just came into the office and they showed me a waterproof Bible. You know, I know they do. And so they did some more research, and lo and behold, of course, they do have such kind of paper. And uh, we're, we're, we're in just uh, hopefully a couple weeks here, they're going to be giving us a, a sample of a glow track that should be waterproof. And if it, if it turns out just right, we're going to make those available for sale. Think of the possibilities. Now you can pass out glow tracks to those people, you know, when you go through the automatic uh, car wash. You know, and your car's wet, and they're there scrubbing, you're drying you off at the end. Roll down your window. You can give them a glow track, no problem. Next time you're snorkeling or surfing over in the Bahamas or Hawaii, you can stick glow tracks in your little, uh, you know, if your swimsuit has a pocket, right? I mean, hopefully you'd be wearing a swimsuit that's really, you know, modest and has pockets all over. And then you can give out glow tracks there. Or 
Even more applicable, many people live in places where it snows a lot, right? Well, we tell people that you need to put glow tracks on car doors when you go into the stores. Well, the problem is if there's snow all over that car and then the snow melts a little bit, you're gonna mess up your track. Well, perfect, get some glow tracks that are waterproof. So I'm waiting for the day. Man, I'm totally going off on a tangent here. But I am waiting for the day when, when I'm gonna hear a story from somebody who passed out a glow track while they were snorkeling or while they were scuba diving. In fact, I'm, I'm actually, what would be even better is when somebody calls in for Bible studies because they said, I was, I was uh, scuba diving and I came around the corner of this coral reef and this other snorkeler or scuba diver came up and gave me something. Would that be amazing? I'm just waiting for that day. I mean, we, get, we, get, we, find that we hear stories of people who find tracks all over the place. We've got a person who, found, who signed up for Bible studies because they found a tract when they were in solitary confinement. Uh, we've had, uh, we've had uh, a check come to the office for, from uh, the Jesuit Society uh, for payment of tracks to go to a certain jail. Um, we've had uh, tracks uh, be found in people's bathrooms, their personal home bathrooms, and they have no idea how it got there. Uh, we've had tracks uh, end up in people's Bibles. I have two stories of tracks where people found them in either their own Bible and they have no idea how it got there or they found it in their evangelical pastor's Bible when they were, using, when they were borrowing from him. And uh, they called in to sign up for Bible studies and more literature. So these things, they just get all over the place, you know? Uh, find them on the ground. Anyway, we need to keep on going here. Good thing they gave us a lot of time. I'm not going to be able to speak the whole time, though. I'm going to have to have you guys help a little bit. So when we get a, just a couple slides more, I'm uh, hopefully going to get some input from you, okay? So I'm going to break. I'm going to just go for one second. We're going to back up, and we're going to look at uh, literature distribution or GLOW from an eagle's eye perspective. We're going to look at it from the big picture, okay? Um, when it comes to literature distribution, there's two ways of doing it, all right? This is what I call a glow pyramid. On the bottom, you have daily glow, right? That's uh, sticking tracks in your pockets and passing them out everyday life. This isn't asking people to go door to door. It's not asking people to, to go on a mission trip. It's not asking people to do anything formal or organized. This is just getting church members to stick tracks in their pockets and go about daily life ready to give them away, all right? That forms the foundation of GLOW. That's the most important thing. That's what we emphasize the most because that's the thing that everybody can do. Everybody can do that. Um, if you, I like to say if you have an opposable thumb, you can be a GLOWer because you can grab a piece of literature, grab it, and pass it out. If you don't even have an opposable thumb, you can stick it in between the other fingers and give it out. If you don't have fingers, you can probably somehow palm it with two hands. If you don't have hands, I'm sure there's other ways of passing out literature. Did you know that the, the person in, in um, the world church who has passed out the most amount of glow tracks is missing one arm? This guy is, has, through him, ten, over 10 million tracks have gone out. His name is Buster White, or Leslie White, but everybody calls him Buster. And he speaks like this, because he's from Texarkana, Texas. And uh, he used to be a, uh, uh, he wasn't an Adventist, and he was part of an evangelical tract distribution ministry where they would go into large cities and they would distribute a million tracks at a time with 17 seven-man teams, and he was in charge of that. Well, anyway, for some reason, he got thrown into jail, eventually, and uh, while he was there, I think it was while he was in jail, he got uh, converted to becoming an Adventist. 
And uh, even then, while he was, as soon as he got out of jail, he, he was still into literature evangelism. So when he found out that Adventists have literature, guess what he would do? He would come back and he would visit that jail that he got out of, and he would stuff his, his Bible with glow tracks and, uh, to smuggle them in, because he wasn't supposed to take those in. And when the guards would look at them and say, what is, what is all this? He'd say, they're bookmarks, and they'd let him pass. And then he'd go in and he'd, pass, he'd start passing out tracks. So that was the beginning of what Buster did. This guy has sold personal property to fund his purchasing of glow tracks to pass them out. And uh, he only has one arm, so, you know, he's armed and dangerous. And uh, let's keep on moving here. So the glow pyramid, daily glow, that forms the basis. And then moving on, we have mission trips. Well, these graphics look a little bit different than how I put them together. Maybe it's because it's on this computer. This ought to be interesting. I hope the rest of my graphics aren't uh, different than this. <laughs> um, so, so mission trips, which should be a much smaller section on the pyramid. Uh, recently, we've been developing uh, this, 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 uh, this concept of actually going to large gatherings to pass out literature and putting together mission trips, and we're going to get into that. But let's first talk about the Daily Glow, okay? Yeah, that's uh, definitely not my graphic. Well, okay, we'll try and work without the graphics. I actually have several different categories of uh, daily literature distribution, and this is kind of where I want your guys' input. Um, a little bit of feedback from you. Uh, there's a category of literature distribution that you can do from home, just when you're at home. Does anybody have any ideas about how you can do that? Maybe, maybe raise your hand and give me an idea or two. How can, you, how can you pass out literature even while you're home, not even leaving your house? Yeah, okay, when you pay your bills. Good, you can put a piece of literature in there. Mm -hmm. How else? Okay, when people come to your house like UPS or the mailman. Good, okay. Anything else? I'm thinking about two or three more ways. Post it on social media. Yeah, okay, good, good. Right at home on your computer. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, like Halloween, right? When the little kids come, you can, you know, you, if you want to give them candy, that's fine, but you can give them glow tracks. We, we typically try to make a track that actually matches with, uh, you know, the Halloween theme. You know, October 2017 coming up, that's going to be the 500-year uh, anniversary of Martin Luther posting the 95 Theses. And so we're going to uh, be having a glow track that is on the topic of the Protestant Reformation. That's being worked on right now, and we'll hopefully have it out, have it out by the beginning of this next year um, so that we can begin passing those out during 2017. And as we get closer to October, we want to make that a special emphasis for people to pass that particular tract out. And, um, you know, that'll be a great one for Halloween. In fact, I think we're even going to reference Halloween um, so when you're at home, you know, when people come, you can do it that way. Also, you can walk around your neighborhood. If you ever take walks around your house, uh, you can leave literature uh, on people on the neighbor's uh, doors or on the steps or, you know, that kind of a thing. We actually had a family once, uh, an elderly couple. They, they like to take walks in their neighborhoods, and uh, they, they, were, they were doing this and actually giving literature to the people who they would meet on the sidewalk, the glow tracks. And uh, they bumped into this little uh, child, and uh, they gave him uh, a glow tract. And the, and the child uh, saw the tract, and I guess he, was, he liked it. And he said, hey, hold on, let me go talk to my mom. And so they kind of paused, and he went into his mom, and, and, uh, and the mom comes out. And she's on the phone, and she calls them over as she's on the phone and looking at the tract. And she says, hey, I need to go. Let me, let me call you back later. She gets off the phone, 
She looks at the track, she looks at them. Now, what do you think she's gonna say? You know, maybe, maybe, why did you give a piece of literature to my kid, or all this kind of stuff? No, that's not what she said. She said, so what's, what's this all about? Is, this looks like it's, uh, you know, Bible-based or Christian. And, and they said, yeah, it is. And, and they explained to her, you know, it's Christian literature, and we offer free Bible studies and on the back panel and everything. And she said, you know what's really interesting? Hold on a second. And she, she goes back into the house, and she, she, um, she makes, she, she makes a, a quick call. And she comes back, and she says, you know, I was just on the phone with, I work at a nursing home, and I was actually just on the phone with uh, an associate at the nursing home, and our nursing home has actually been looking for somebody to come and to give Bible studies to uh, uh, the, 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 the people at our nursing home because they're asking for Bible studies. And she says, it's really interesting that you come right now and you actually offer Bible studies. She says, is there some way that we could work this out, that you guys could maybe come? And, and uh, absolutely. So they ended up uh, signing up with that, and they went, uh, the elderly couple, and started giving Bible studies to this group of uh, people at the nursing home. Um, and I, I don't know the outcome. I just heard that that was the beginning, and I know that they've, uh, last I heard, at least they had given uh, several studies to them. Incredible. The Purdy family, P-U-R-D-Y. I know them personally. And uh, pretty, pretty cool story, huh? So you can pass them out at home, um, around in the neighborhoods. That's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it, or category, is not just the house, but also um, giving them to, yeah, man, these graphics are really, really, really not what I had put up here. This, I, I'm even having a hard time understanding what this is. Like, it was perfect. It was like a circle with like little, you know, and, and the little circles around circles, and it was just so nice and categorized. This is amazing. Okay, so, so we talked about the home. I've got four categories. Let's, let's pick another one. <laughs> let's see, what's next? Well, that's what I get for switching over to using a Mac right now. You know they have a bitten apple for their logo. That should tell you something. All right. Um, home. Another category is... Hmm. Giving it directly to people. Now, I know this is one that uh, people don't tend to like to do very much. Um, I like doing chicken evangelism, which is leaving tracks and not necessarily, necessarily giving it directly to people. But, you know, sometimes God wants us to give it direct to people. I've been in an airport line one time, the security check line, and I know I had my tracks with me in my pockets, and I felt this conviction from God because I had prayed earlier that day, Lord, lead me to somebody you want me to give these tracks to. And, and uh, when I was in that airport line, I felt a conviction, like God was telling me, give literature to the people who are around you. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's awkward. Well, anyway, so we go through the security scanner area where you have to take your jacket off and take all the things out of your pockets and your belt and all this kind of stuff, you know, like they do in America, take your shoes off even. And uh, as I go through the security scanner, I come to the other side where you reclaim your items. So I grab my bucket, I pull my jacket out of the top, and guess what falls out of my jacket? All over the ground. Yeah, tons of tracks. And there were all these tracks that said, a gift for you on the front cover. So the woman who was standing behind me in line previously, she comes right through the scanner, and she sees this whole mess of tracks on the ground, and it says, a gift for you. And she says, oh, a gift for you? What's that? You know, I mean, it, was, it couldn't get any easier. It was just so easy. You know, I, I was a coward, and I didn't want to give any tracks out, but God just totally turned it around and, and kind of rebuked me for not giving out literature, you know? Um, we're also reminded of a story of people who were, speaking of people who were afraid of giving tracks directly to somebody. 
um, there was a new convert to Adventism in Germany. I'm trying to remember his name. I've met him personally, but um, um, anyway, so this brother is, he's a new convert. He's zealous. He wants to spread the message, but the problem is, is that he's terrified. He's terrified of speaking to people, but he just, he just feels, man, I got to do something. So this guy, what he does is he goes to, he goes to some apartments in Germany, and, and he's going and he's putting the glow tracks in the mailboxes, which is legal to do, you know. It's legal to do in Germany. My wife is from Germany. We're over there every year. I, I, you know, it's a very easy and fun thing to do. And then, and uh, he's also putting them, you know, on people's doors. Well, anyway, he's, he's just on edge, you know, because as he's doing this, he's creeping around and he's thinking, you know, I'm get, somebody's going to see me, right? Passing these tracks out. Well, this little girl... Uh, she's about five years old, is what I heard from him, because he told me this story. She comes out, and she says, what are you doing? And he, you know, with fear, tells this little girl, oh, I'm just a good man from the church, and I have little pamphlets I'm giving to people. And so the little girl asks for one, and so he gives her a tract, and they part ways. Half an hour later, this uh, young, new Adventist German is walking and still doing this in the apartment complex and he comes around the corner and he sees this same young uh, girl but this time she's standing um, um, out in the parking lot or the street uh, close to the apartments and she's got a circle of friends sitting around her and she's standing there reading the German glow track to them and this man was completely like you know just like me in the airport completely rebuked look here you've got a little girl and she's standing up proclaiming this German glow track to all of her friends and reading it to them. And, you know, here I am trying to, like, sneak around the corner and not be seen, put them in mailboxes and all that kind of stuff. So, so you know, that's, I, I think that all of us can resonate with that at one point or another. It's kind of hard to give a track directly to somebody. But let's not talk about all the difficulties. Let's talk about how to do it. So I'm going to ask you now, once again, for your input. How do you give tracks directly to people? I know that you guys have given tracks directly to people. What do you say when you do that? What's your... What's your phrase? What do you like to do in terms of saying something? We have a group that in our uh -huh. uh, town we had this kind of uh, event where we were just doing nice things for people, okay. giving out balloons and giving some free water, uh -huh. and we put little tracks in the, in the free water. Uh -huh. So you would give them the water, and the tract would be with it, and so it was a nice, easy in. Yeah. It, it, it's great if you can have a, like a, an ulterior reason sometimes to give it to people, right? Because it, it makes a lot of sense in their minds. That's good. That's good. I like that. Um, another over here. Um, I guess also it depends on the situation. If you are at an airport or a place where you think somebody might be bored, yeah. Yeah, good. Or I've got something that's interesting that I'd like to share with you. Yeah, here's something to read when you're bored, maybe. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I like, to, I like to tell people, you know, I did cult portering for several years, and one thing that they teach you when you go door to door is to, to, um, to be in the affirmative. Uh, they teach you to put the book in the hand. You know, if you're going up to somebody at the house, you got to make sure that you get that, get that book and you put it right there in their personal space. And uh, your phrase that you say is, hi, my name is Nelson. We're students working on a scholarship project. Instead of junk food, we have something healthy. I'll let you take a look. 
So you're telling, you're not asking them, would you like to take a look? You're saying, I'll let you take a look. And it's really good. Um, it helps people, it increases the percentage of people that take it. What other, what other ways have you guys found before I tell you what my favorite method is? What do you, what do you say when you give it to somebody? What do you say? Over here? Uh -huh. You're a nurse? Uh huh. You give them health tracks, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. You know, on, on that point, you just reminded me. Um, we actually have had uh, stories of people passing them out, you know, in, in medical facilities and, and that kind of thing, and uh, we've had a lot of a lot of success with that. People are very receptive. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Adventist World Magazine, not the Adventist Review, but the Adventist World Magazine, um, about three or four times a year, they actually take a portion of one of their pages and they print one of the glow tracks on the side for people to cut out, and to for Adventists to cut out, to fold up, and then to give out. And then they're supposed to give that out and then they're supposed to write back to glow telling us their story about how they passed it out. Well, one of these stories came back from uh, a person who emailed me and they, they were, they're uh, in Africa, they're not an Adventist, but somehow they got the Adventist World magazine. They saw that tract, and he says, he writes in the email that I religiously cut this tract out, and I gave it to one of my patients who was on his deathbed. And the patient took it, read it, and he gave his life to Christ just before he died. So yeah, people are totally receptive in the hospitals. Uh, while we're on that point, there was another story that came in direct to us of a 70-year-old man in Brazil. He got that tract in Portuguese from the Adventist World magazine. He cut it out, and he wasn't happy with just giving it out himself. So what he did is he went to a local print shop, and he had that tract copied 2,000 times. And then he gave the, the copies to, uh, of the tract to uh, a bunch of uh, local Brazilian churches, Adventist churches, so that they could pass them out too. And uh, you know, People do amazing things when they, when they get a hold of, uh, you know, just a small resource sometimes that we just, we, we don't really value because it's so common over here. So, um, yeah. What I like to do when I give tracks directly to people is typically I like to, to try to have at least two or even three seconds worth of conversation before I give it to them. Because then it creates, a, establishes a little bit of a, a little bit of a connection that makes it just, it just kind of, you know, makes it a little bit easier to give it to them. So if I can get away with that, then I'll do it. Um, you, you also can give a track directly to somebody without saying one word beforehand, that's fine. It all depends on the situation and how much time you have with them. So there's really no set answer to it. You just need to gauge really the biggest factor is how much time you have with the person. If you're talking to a cashier, you've got maybe two minutes. And so you can, you can talk to them very easily and uh, say something like, hey, how's your day going? Or you look kind of stressed, you know? And most people, when you say you look stressed, you know what they'll do? They'll say, yeah, yeah, it's been a stressful day. Uh, they just love telling somebody about how they're stressed. And then, and, then, and then guess what? You just created, you just helped them realize a problem, and now you set yourself up to bring in the solution. And so you give them a track. Um, if you're giving it to somebody, if you're just walking past them, you know, on a sidewalk, you have only literally a second. You know, sometimes you don't even lock eyes with that person, especially if you're in Germany, right? They don't tend to look you in the eye sometimes. Um, and, uh, you know, then you have to be a lot faster. Maybe you're just going to have to give it direct. Sometimes I'll just, I, I like to be very nebulous. I say, here, check this out. I just say, here, check this out. When we were in uh, downtown Philadelphia passing out tracts to 1.5 million Catholics, 
um, we didn't have time to say anything. Um, you'd, you'd stand and, and be getting out tracks, and just all you, all you could do is just, is just put it in, in people's hands. And, and they'd take it as they're passing by, or you're passing by them. And, um, you know, it didn't matter. You didn't have to say anything. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Hand in the back here. Yeah, a big smile helps. That's true. Okay, good. All right, let's go on to the next category, and that is travel, which I don't see up here on my slides, which uh, those of you who just came in, something's going on with these slides, and my graphics are all messed up. So I'm trying to go off of memory somewhat. But when you're, when, when you're traveling, a lot of different ways that you can distribute literature. I'll just list them off. So if you're going on vacation, what's one of the main ways that you can do it? You can put them in gas stations, right? Every time you stop at a gas station, consider that an evangelistic opportunity. I like to put the tracks in the pump that I'm at, and then if there's any empty pumps, I'll go put the tracks there. And if I'm really bold, I'll go up to the people who are still pumping. And you know what I'll do? I'll do it a chicken evangelism style. I won't give it directly to them, but I'll come up to them and I'll say, excuse me, sir, do you mind if I leave this tract on the pump here for the person who comes after you? Now, am I giving them a tract directly? No, but I'm giving it uh, to, to the person who's coming after them. And nine times out of 10, you know what that person's gonna do? They're gonna want a track too. But I'm not giving direct to them, so they can't really reject me. And so, you know, that's one way of doing it. Um, another way of doing it is leaving it in the bathrooms when you're, um, you know, shopping or, or, or um, when you're traveling and you stop at a rest stop. Uh, we've had people who've called in signing up for Bible studies because they found tracks in, in bathrooms. Walmart bathroom in particular, I'm remembering a woman who called in and she was laughing on the voicemail. Ha, 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 this is so funny. I went into the Walmart bathroom, and uh, I found your little tracks in there. She said, this is, a, this is a great way of doing this. This is a great way of spreading the word. She says, ha, 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 ha. I don't want the Bible studies, but this is very great. Ha, ha. She hangs up. Two minutes later, she calls back and leaves another message. And she says, you know what? Actually, I, you know, I just changed my mind. Actually, uh, my grandchildren, they're not being taken to church. So I'd like to sign up for Bible studies for both of them. Because she found the tracks in the bathroom at Walmart, you know? So... A lot of different ways to do it when you're traveling. You can leave them in the hotels. I mean, we're all staying in hotels, right? A lot of us have Gideon Bibles in our hotels. Open those Bibles up, stick literature inside. When you're flying back home after ASI, anytime you fly, that's a perfect opportunity. Leave it in the magazines. You can give it to the person who's sitting next to you. They're kind of locked in. They're not going anywhere for the next little while, so they can read it. And, um, you know, uh, that's, that's a good way of doing it, too. I was flying one time from Norway to, to Holland, and I was sitting next to this woman who was really educated. She was a psychologist at a university, and her husband was a, across the aisle. He was a medical doctor. They were going to some seminars where the, he was gonna, the husband was going to be speaking. And uh, I, I opened up my Bible on purpose because I wanted to start a conversation with them about spiritual things. And I opened up my Bible on purpose, and I started reading it for a few minutes, and then I closed the Bible and I put it away. And sure enough, because I cast the lure, I caught a fish. And this lady... After a few minutes, you know, she's sitting there, she's got her glasses, she's educated, she's, she's secular European and all this kind of thing, and she, she looks at me and she says, uh, what were you reading? And uh, the conversation begins. Uh, come to find out she knew very little about the Bible. She thought the entire Bible was the book of Proverbs, because that's what I was reading. And, uh, and uh, she asked me what, what I do, what church I go to, all these kind of things, and I said, well, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, and she said, okay, so... So what, what do you believe? And I shared with her some things that we believe which are in common with the rest of Christianity. But then she stopped me and she said, no, I actually, what, what do you believe that's different? Why are you, why are you a Seventh-day Adventist? You know? And I said, in my mind, this is really awkward. People don't typically do that. 
And I explained to her some of the reasons why, you know, Seventh-day Sabbath and those things. And then, uh, and then I gave her uh, a tract, and the tract was Myths About Hell, showing that hell doesn't last forever. And when she saw the cover and the title, and she read it, she said, you know, it's really interesting that you gave this to me because I have an associate, uh, a professor at, at the university that I teach at, and he's in the middle of writing a book right now about hell and, uh, you know, how it's false and it's not real and it's fictitious. And I said, oh, well, then you'll probably want another one for him. So I gave her a duplicate of that tract, and she was very happy to take that to him. Now, at the end of the conversation, it's very interesting. She said uh, something to me that I, I won't forget for a long time. She said, um, you know, you, you at least have something to believe in. Most of us out here are looking for that. You know, we're still looking for that. So... I don't know, she didn't necessarily agree with me, but she at least saw the advantages of having something to, something to believe in. So give them to the people you're sitting next to. You never know what's gonna happen. A personality, uh, Montel Williams, he got two, of, uh, not Montel Williams, but his right-hand man, he got two of our tracks. One of them he found in a hotel room. And then uh, the second one that he got was the exact same title. It's a Steps to Health tract. He got that one in the airplane the next day. And this time it caught his attention. He read it, he called the Upper Columbia Conference uh, GLOW director on the phone number on the back. And he said, this is the best write-up I've read on health in a long time. Montel is just now getting into health. I'm going to show this to him. I'm sure we're going to use these things. He ended up buying 1,000 tracks from Jordana, who was our GLOW director at the time in Upper Columbia Conference. He ordered them on the spot, and then he, uh, and then he said, I'm going to call back and order more. So leave them in the hotel. Leave them in the airplane. And it works. All right? Okay, we're going to keep on moving here. We're going to keep on moving through our slides, which are exceedingly hard to decipher now. Okay, back to the Globe Pyramid. So moving on from uh, the Globe Pyramid uh, Foundation, which is just literature and everyday life, having, having the tracks in your pockets, right? Let's now talk about mission trips. And this is what I'm excited about right now. Of course, I'm excited about everyday distribution too, as you can tell, because we get a lot of good stories from that. In fact, you know we're making a book that's gonna be coming out very soon that has, it's a, it's a compilation of, of Lots of stories. It's, right now it's about a 96-page book, pretty small, um, of people who've been passing out tracks all over the world. So keep an eye out for that. We might have it in the ABCs. Maybe we'll be selling it through a different uh, venue. Not quite sure yet. But um, let's talk about mission trips. So recently, um, God has been impressing us that we need to get involved with distributing literature in a more proactive way. Okay? We found this quote the other day. Um, in Ellen White's writings that really left a deep impression on us. And uh, let's look at it. It's letter 296, 1904. She says, I was given instruction that as we approach the end, there will be large gatherings in our cities and that preparations must be made to present the truth at these gatherings. Leaflets containing the light of present truth should be scattered among the people like the leaves of autumn. To many who attend these gatherings, these leaflets would be as the leaves of the tree of life, which are for the healing of the nations. The time has come when, as never before, Seventh-day Adventists are to arise and shine because their light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon them. Have you ever seen that quote before? I had never seen it before. I mean, it's, it's from a, one of her letters, letter 296, so, you know, it's not like in Patriarchs and Prophets or something like that. It's not a very, you know, commonly read uh, uh, resource. Um, but uh, when, when, when I saw that, that really, really spoke to me. And, um, you know, folks, we're having more and more of these kind of gatherings happening uh, due to various reasons, religious gatherings, uh, so, um, uh, gatherings of people to protest, 
uh, gatherings, especially in America, you know, regarding politics. Um, and and uh, we're, we're, we're not supposed to sit back and, and, and just let those opportunities pass. Apparently, apparently we were supposed to go out to these, these areas and do this. And now, my impression of people who go and pass out literature at large gatherings has been such that I typically, when I think about it, I typically think about people who are maybe on the fringe edges of Adventism. You know, maybe people who have kind of different views or something like that, or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think the time has come that ordinary, regular, mainstream Adventists be encouraged, be encouraged to engage in even this kind of outreach. And I think it should be well organized by the church, not left to, to just anybody to do it haphazardly. I think that we should have some kind of a, a program that people can be plugged into, which is well organized and well run and professionally done so that we can get out literature in the millions in these large gatherings. And you know, God is beginning to answer that vision, I think. I think, he, I think he's doing that um, in, in, in a way that we, we don't understand yet. So here's what I mean. Let me back up. Um, several months ago, before Pope Francis came and visited the United States for the first time, he came in September, several months ago, I knew that Pope Francis was gonna come and visit. And uh, there had been a church member who had uh, been trying to pestering me, <laughs> trying to say, Glow needs to go do something there, you know? Glow needs to do something there. And I was avoiding that church member because I thought to myself, you know, I already have so much stuff going on, and that's just kind of not my thing, you know? I mean, let's just get literature in pockets, but let's not go do something aggressive like that, you know? Let's leave that to other people. Well, my uh, Friday evening came along, uh, after I had had this woman pestering me. And my wife happened to be gone. She was uh, back in Germany. I was home by myself as a bachelor, you know, eating my top ramen or whatever. And it was Friday night. Nothing was, it was absolutely quiet. We live in the hills. Uh, there's no distractions. And God was really, really hammering something into me. I kept on getting this thought coming back and back and back and back and back again, saying, you need to pay attention to what this woman's telling you. You need to do something about this. And eventually, after I had this thought hit me several times, and I was sitting on my couch Friday evening, it was dark outside, I remember it still, I said, to, I said in my mind, I prayed to God, I said, God, if this is you speaking to me, what should this look like? What do you want me to do? As soon as I asked that question in sincerity, it's almost like a, a flash drive was plugged into my ear, and all the plans just, poof, they popped in right there. You heard about um, how uh, the, the Harry Potter books came to be, you know, Jay, whatever her name is who wrote those, like she was on a train or something and all of a sudden everything, the whole storyline, everything, all the characters and their names, everything just appeared in her head, you know? It was almost like, that was the closest experience I've ever had to something like that. It just, boom, it was there. And so I, was, I ran immediately to my computer, I turned it on and I, and I, and I began writing down all this, this plan that came to my head about what this would look like you know, to do some kind of an outreach when Pope Francis comes. And as I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm jotting down details, maybe people we could invite and all this kind of stuff, uh, I get to, a, I get to a, a speed bump because the question comes to my mind next, well, how are we gonna fund this? If we're gonna pass out a million tracks when Pope Francis comes, 
we got to have a lot of money. A million tracks costs a lot of money, folks, <laughs> you know? I mean, you wouldn't think so, right? But they do. And as soon as, I, as soon as that obstacle came to my mind, immediately God put another thought in. And he said, you know a guy who's a millionaire. You're not doing anything this next Sabbath tomorrow. You're not preaching in a church. Contact him and then go down and visit him. And so I made one phone call. Five minutes later, I'd secured a, a, a meeting with this millionaire. And I just was kind of still wondering what's going to happen. <laughs> so I go to sleep. Next morning I wake up. I drive two hours, two and a half hours to get down to this church, this particular church where he goes. And all the time I'm questioning, I'm questioning, like, is this what God will really, is this really God, you know? Even the sermon that I heard that day in this church was speaking directly to encourage me that this is exactly what needed to be done. And uh, it was just amazing. You know how you hear sermons and they really speak? There's certain like lines or portions of sentences that stand out to you and you're like, there's no coincidence that that just got said, you know? Like, I should write that down kind of a thing. So, so this is happening. Anyway, afternoon comes, church is done, I'm done with potluck, I sit down with this guy at a house, and, and this is so last minute thrown together, all I literally have is a printed out piece of paper from my home computer that has a, you know, chicken scratches that I'd added on with my own pen. Uh, I'm, for example, I'm even writing names of people I'm thinking about inviting on this mission trip. I'm going to call it a mission trip, right? Because that helps people understand it. So I even write down this one guy who I don't know the name of, but I know he likes to distribute literature, and I know he has a big beard. So I call him the bearded guy. I mean, like, even that is in chicken scratches on this piece of paper. And I'm sitting, this millionaire, I give him, I give him this piece of paper, and it says stuff like, the bearded guy, you know? This is so unprofessional. And I'm telling this guy, here's the idea. Pope Francis is coming. There's supposed to be 1.5 million Catholics in Philadelphia, and we want to go pass out a million tracks. And... This is what I have on paper. And he says, so how much do you need? I said, well, you know, at least 25,000. Uh, he says, okay, let me know if you need more. Now, inside, in my mind, I'm thinking, hallelujah, I can't believe this is happening. This is amazing. Wow, you know? Outside, I'm like, okay, well, uh, do you, you know, have a business card or, you know, here, let me give you my, my card and, you know, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so, so God opened up the door financially. And by the way, this just happened again last night. Just had one conversation, just funded another million tracks for a Romania mission trip, which I'm going to talk to you about in a few minutes. Just happened again last night. And you guys are here probably because God wants you to come on one of these trips. Aha! Yes, now you're plugged into the divine appointment story. Okay, we're going to get to that. All right, so anyway, so this comes together, and, 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 and we're getting, now, now the, the weeks are passing by, the program's starting to come together, we're starting to spread the word, we're starting to, to recruit, we're starting to tell people about it, we're, we're sending out emails through, through these various ministry organizations and letting people know, hey, we want to put together a group of about 35 people to go pass out a million tracks in Philadelphia, we're working with the local conference over in the um, Allegheny East to, to secure facilities, to make sure that we have the food, uh, to make sure that uh, you know, we're, we're, we're working with them so that we're all understanding what's happening in terms of the kind of tracks that we're using with the follow-up contact information on the back. We're getting the tracks printed over at the press. We're getting everything put together, all the logistics. We're referencing the people who are signing up as missionaries to make sure that you know, they're legitimate and all this kind of stuff and you know, their background checks clear and all these things. 
and it all comes together, and just literally, like, and we're buying plane tickets, I get my plane ticket to go out, and literally, like, a week before we go out, a week before we go out, in the evenings at home, and my wife can attest to this, in the evenings at home, Satan didn't want this to happen. He did not want this trip to happen. And he started like, kind of like almost oppressing me. It was really weird in the evenings when all the work was done at the office and everything, I'd be back home and the sun would set. I would just kind of feel this gloom come over me and this foreboding uh, feeling as I would think about this mission trip, almost like an, an intimidation, like you, you can't do this, don't do this because something's bad is gonna happen. I mean, you pass out a million tracks to you know, 1.5 million Catholics downtown Philadelphia, who knows what's gonna happen? I've never done that before. You know, maybe you're going to get burned at the stake immediately, or maybe some Jesuit's going to come after you afterwards, or, you know, who knows what's going to happen, right? My mind's just going wild, you know, is this a good thing for my family? You know, I hope they don't know where I live, you know? <laughs> and um, so this happens to me several nights, and every night that this happens, I, 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 just, I just eventually, I, I, I cave in and I pray, I, I just ask God to take it away, and it goes away. And then the last time that it happened... God, God solved the problem, like, forever. And um, he actually pointed out to me uh, this, he brought, my, brought me to this, uh, this verse in Genesis uh, where God is, is, uh, is telling Jacob, when Jacob is fleeing from Esau and he's going over to, um, you know, find his wife and, and he's out in the desert as he's traveling and he's sleeping with a rock under his head, you know. And I read the description there of the promise that God gave Jacob when he saw the ladder from Ellen White's writings, she quotes from the Bible, the promise. And God promises Jacob, he says, um, I'm sending you into this land, and I promise that I will bring you back safe. I'm totally paraphrasing. But I think it's like Genesis 28, uh, chapter 28, verse something. And that verse spoke exactly to me. God, God essentially told me, I'm telling, I want, I'm told you to go out and to do this. I told you that I'm going to accomplish something through you and that I'm going to bring you back safely. And literally, that promise stood out so boldly to me that I wrote it down two times on three-by-five cards, and I stuck it in my pocket. I kept it in my pocket the whole time I was on the trip. Like, whenever I felt a little bit like, wow, this is crazy, what we're doing right now, what we're trying to do, you know, I would look at that promise, and it would help. So anyway, the day comes. We go out there. All the missionaries show up. We have about 35 people from Hawaii all the way to the East Coast. And... Uh, people from all over, and uh, we get ready, we, 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 have, we, have, uh, the, we, get, we get together on Friday, we do some orienting, we, Sabbath comes, we go to, we go to the, the host church that we're staying at, we go to their church service, and then we do our first day of outreach, and it's only a half day, because we spent the first half at church, half day, we go out, first day, we train them how to, how to use everything, and by the way, we made customized bags for this, which people on Audioverse who are listening to this can't, can't see, but we have customized glow bags for mission trips. And you can use these in regular life too, it's fine, but these are especially made for glow trips. They go over your shoulder, and uh, the, the, the bags have four pockets. There's two on the outside and two on the inside, and each one of these pockets is a perfect size to hold a hundred pack of glow tracks, which is what they come in, hundred packs. So while you're wearing this thing, as you're on the move, this one's been shortened to fit on the mannequin, you literally can pull out four tracks at a time if you need to um, of four different titles and collate the literature on the move. You can go up to a person and hand them one time four tracks, up to four tracks. And so that's what we were using. We go out for our first half day of outreach. Our first half day, 
and amazing things start happening. Even in the first day, a guy gets a tract on his car because we're working like a mall parking lot, passing out tracts in different places. One team was in a mall parking lot, and, uh, and this guy comes up to one of our people, one of the, the missionaries, and he says, did you put this on my car? And they're like, no, I didn't, but actually my, my partner did. You know, because I, I guess they were in different parts of the parking lot, and she's like, oh, I was just being honest, you know, it was over there. And the guy goes, and the guy goes up to her, and he says, did you put this on my, and, and she's like, yeah, I did, and, and, and uh, I think it was the one's uh, promise of peace, that tract. Apparently, this man was at a low point in his life. He was just that day contemplating suicide, and he got the tract in, on his car. He read it, and he was so affected by it that he, he came to, to thank the person who put it on his car and he tried to give our missionary $100. That was our first half day of outreach. Then we got into full days of outreach where we're going out for six to eight hours a day. Sunday comes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, Pope Francis comes. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Friday is our last regular day. Saturday, Pope Francis comes to Philadelphia. Sunday, Pope Francis comes to, stays in Philadelphia. So he's there for the last two days. We're in Philadelphia, blanketing Philadelphia with literature, like all over Philadelphia for six-ish days before he came. And then we were in the crowds that came for the two days that he was there, directly in the crowds, giving them out. So many amazing things happened out of this. It's incredible. I'll just share a couple with you. One of our guys, his name was Jericho, a missionary, and he's here at ASI. I've talked to him. Jericho. He's, he's actually, now that he's done... Now that Jericho's done with that mission trip, he was so lit up, he went back to a Mountain View conference, where he's from, and he told the conference president about what happened. The conference president, Larry Bow, just said, he said, you're going to be our GLOW coordinator for the conference, and now that's what he is. They've ordered 100,000 tracks, they're passing them out, he's going to churches, he's presenting it in churches, and, and they're passing them out and uh, doing similar things to what we're now doing in other conferences, so it's exciting. Well, anyway... So, so Jericho is going, he's, he's out passing out tracks with the team. And this guy's incredible, Dan, by the way. We, we would put him in, in uh, parking lots. I put him and uh, another guy in a parking lot. And this other guy was wearing a, missionary was wearing a flamboyant green shirt, which was not a good idea. And he's out, and we're putting tracks on the, on the car doors. And of course the security come and they kick you out. I mean, that's just what you expect, okay? I mean, that's, they're doing their job. But we try and get as many tracks out before we get kicked out, you know? And so, and so we're in there, we're passing out tracks. And uh, the guy with the neon shirt, of course, he gets kicked out immediately. His name is Paul. But Paul doesn't care because he likes doing that kind of stuff. And so I have Paul hop in the car and I put him somewhere else. But, but Jericho's still in there. So he's passing out tracks. And he sees that the security are driving around and he starts dodging them. And he goes and he's, he's like ducking behind cars and all this kind of thing. Eventually, we had three security vehicles driving around trying to find him. And he dodged them so many times, he unloaded about 2,000 tracks in that parking lot before he got out of there. It was a multi, three multi-level apartment complexes, and there was this just massive sea of a parking lot out there. And he was just, he was, you know, almost like rolling under cars and everything. It was, it was incredible to hear his story, but that wasn't even the point of what I was going to tell you. Here's the story. Here's the actual story of Jericho. So Jericho was walking down the road, right, in, in Philadelphia, and he comes up to this guy, and he gives this guy, um, he gives this guy, uh, what is it, two tracks. And the guy says, where's your partner? And Jericho's like, I don't have a partner. What do you mean? I'm not working with a partner right beside me. And the guy says, uh, you should have a partner. And where are the other tracks? And then he names to Jericho three other tracks that he wanted to get. He named the titles of the three different tracks that he wanted to get. And Jericho, at this point, is kind of like, what, what are you, what? 
I don't have a partner, what are you talking about, and how do you know what kind of tracks that we have? This guy ends up telling Jericho, he says, two months, two months before, he had had a dream. And in the dream, he saw Jericho with a really tall, buff, handsome-looking uh, partner coming up and giving him literature. And the man, the really tall guy, said, when, when this young man comes to you, you need to make sure that you get all of what he has. And he named the five titles that he was supposed to get. That's how the guy knew the titles. If you think I'm lying, if you think I'm exaggerating, even if you think I'm exaggerating, Jericho's right here. You can talk to him. And if you think that he's exaggerating because the time has passed and he's forgotten some of the details, you can watch the video. Every day we were filming the testimonies. When we get back, we'd have worship. We'd share testimonies from the previous day. It's on our, it's on our website. We have an hour-long documentary from the Philadelphia mission trip, and that's one of the stories that came out of it. Incredible stuff would happen. We were working in all kinds of areas in Philadelphia. We were in downtown Philadelphia, a lot of the get, you know, more kind of dangerous ghetto areas. And it was perfect because the houses are close together and the cars are parked close and jammed, so you have a high concentration of people. So that's kind of where we would try and aim to be. And um, <clears throat> you know, we had the police. Um, they would come up to us and they would pull our people aside and, and they were like, you know, because um, uh, our, our missionaries, some of them, especially the girls, they were, they were getting a little bit you know, afraid. And, you know, we, as a leadership team, we were thinking, well, maybe we should put the, some of the girls in a different place or, or whatever. But we know this is, it's very difficult to move to a different place because of the logistics and, and all that. And so we encouraged the, 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 the people who were concerned. We said, you know what, let's pray about this. Let's pray about this. We know that God's here to protect us. And, and we're just going to, we're going to keep on going forward. Um, but, but we're going to pray about it and keep our minds open to trying to change plans here and move to a, a, a safer place, which would have been very hard for us to, to navigate through, and the houses are spread farther apart, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, the day that they started expressing concerns, the missionaries to us, the day that that happened was the very day that when we went out into the field, that police started coming up to our people and saying, hey, we've seen you guys, we know what you're doing, and we just want to let you know that we got your back. That happened to one of our missionaries. Another one of our missionaries was walking, passing, a girl walking, passing out literature. This, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this big black guy comes up to her and he says, hey, hey, you know what, hey, you, you know, I, I'm pretty well known in this neighborhood. And he says, I've seen what you guys are doing and what you guys are doing is good. He says, anybody messes with you, you just tell them, you just tell them my name and all that. And then this guy comes and he starts helping her pass out tracts. One of our guys, one of our missionaries, he was a, he was a you know, pretty, pretty strong, young, African-American man, uh, one of our missionaries. In fact, he's a, he's a patent lawyer that uh, came on the mission trip. And he's out there passing out tracts. And he, he sees, he sees um, this, this young man and this young woman fighting, like verbally going at it in the middle of the street. Apparently, there were a couple or something, and they were having a really bad time. And uh, there began to even be some physical stuff that was beginning to happen there. And so our missionary, I don't know what he was thinking, but anyway, he steps in the, in the middle of it, and he breaks it up. And this is a patent lawyer, you know? And, and uh, I guess they cool down. The girl goes her way or whatever. The guy gives the, 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 the young man some tracks, and the young man really, really likes what he sees. And he asks, hey, can I help you pass these out? And, uh, and the missionary's like, sure. So he gives the guy a hundred pack, and uh, he says, you go on that side of the street, and I'll stay on this side. And they went down together, 
and kept on going down, patting the guy who was helping pass out literature. I'm telling you, man, it was, there was some bizarre stuff happening out there. We, when I went on the last two days, Saturday and Sunday, when Pope Francis was there and we were in the downtown crowds uh, passing out the literature, um, we, had, we, had, uh, <clears throat> we had people uh, taking tracts from us and, 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 and passing them out. We had a man who, um, what we did is we linked the back, the back panel, the website on the back, to um, this video that was up on the internet called The Bride Beast in Babylon. So when anybody in Philadelphia got the tract, they would visit the website. The first thing that they would see is sign up for Bible studies or option B, watch a video. So one guy got our tract earlier that week. He watched the, he clicked, a, went there, watched the video, and he was so impressed that when he randomly bumped into me downtown Philadelphia on the last day, or second to last day, passing out literature to people in crowds, he, he, he just came up. He was so friendly. He said, I've seen your guys' stuff, and I watched it and everything. And he, he, he asked for literature from me. And he stood with me on the, on, the, on the portion where I was at and started helping me pass out literature. On that same place where I was at a little bit later that day, because he had taken off, this person walks by. I mean, in the crowds of, of, of all these people there, there was a lot of interesting people. And this guy was probably the most interesting, I have to say. He, came, he was full-on dressed like Jesus. He had the, the, the robe. He had like a hoodie thing. He had the full beard. He had long hair. He looked like Jesus. He was just walking around like that. I, and he wasn't joking. It wasn't a costume. He was serious. I don't think he was trying to be Jesus. I don't know. I didn't talk to him. But anyway, I see him walk. He just walks past me. And I looked in his hand. And you know what he had in his hand? He had a hundred pack of glow. No joke. This guy was wandering around passing out glow tracks himself. <laughs> you know? So... Uh, Anyway, there's, there's a lot more stories I could share with you, but the, the point is that we ended up getting out a million tracks, okay, in Philadelphia. Incredible stuff happened. We got pulled over by the Secret Service. Um, uh, that, we got that whole thing on video. We have, like I said, we have an hour-long documentary on, on our website, glowmissiontrips.org, where you can watch us getting pulled over by Secret Service even. Our, our videographer was sitting shotgun in the, in, the, in the car, and he filmed the whole thing. And at one point, Secret Service guy's like, sir, are you filming me? He says, yeah. He says, why? Oh, it's for a documentary, that kind of a thing. Our, our videographer is very bold, very bold. Uh, I mean, I won't tell you some of the, I mean, at one point, our videographer stopped filming, or he had somebody else, you know, film, while he stood up in the midst of literally a sea of people waiting to go through a security line, downtown Philadelphia. He stood up on this, on this table, on, on this chair or something, and, and he calls out to everybody, hey, everybody! I'm making a documentary. And by the way, you watch this video, and you'll see it, because the whole thing's filmed. I think he might have, maybe he even had it on his shoulder. I don't know how he did it, but the whole thing's on film. I need your help. So I'm making a documentary, and I need you guys to do a wave. Do a wave. You know, like at a Super Bowl stadium, do a wave. So, so everybody's like, OK. So, and he's got his camera and filming, and they, they all do this, this wave. And he has them do it. OK, well, but that's not good enough. Do it again. So they do it like a second or third time. And then at the end, he says, hey, so you can see the documentary. Go to the website on the back of this track. And he starts handing out 100 packs to all the people all around him. And they start passing them out all over the place. Great. Sunday, after the Catholic Mass was done, thousands upon thousands, literally tens of thousands of people. I mean, 1.5 million people. Tens of thousands start coming out. And uh, our, our, our people out there are so overwhelmed that they, they just can't reach everybody. 
that one, one of our people, literally, they, they, they hold up their hands and they stop a whole crowd as they're just a mass of people. They say, hey, everybody, stop. And they say, did you all get to see the Pope? You know? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, okay. And he's like, hey, check this out. So a whole crowd stopped. And, and when you're in a crowd, I'm going to tell you something right now. This is something we've all discovered, we all know. If you get one person to take it, everybody behind them will take it. If the first person in line rejects it, the next five or so people will reject it. But he had so, so, so much success because he had, he had talked to them like that, that literally people were taking, they took 7,000 tracks from him in 10 minutes. He was just passing them out, just like huge amounts. It was, it was crazy. I really need to keep moving on because we have like 10 minutes left. I can't believe that time flew by that fast. Let me just tell you quickly, assuming our graphics are gonna work. There we go, hey wow, this is working. So we did that first trip in Philadelphia. God set it up. And now I see why God wanted us to do that. Because all, a lot of people have gotten excited and they're making their own mission trips now. This thing is ballooning. Okay, So we started in Philadelphia. There's, there's a picture of one portion of the crowd. All right, And uh, after that, Southern California Conference did a mission trip. They passed out 600,000 tracks in four days. They covered the whole town of Whittier. After that, we did another mission trip where we passed out a million tracks at the Super Bowl when it came to Santa Clara. That was this last, uh, I think, January. We did another million tracks. I'll tell you one story from that. One of our guys is, uh, is going down a street in the downtown section of San Francisco, like, really bad. I think it was a Tenderloin district where it's so bad that, you know, they used to pay people extra money uh, to be cops there, and they, they could afford Tenderloin. That's why they called it Tenderloin District, San Francisco. So anyway, he goes by, and he sees these women standing by these tents. He's like, well, they must be homeless, right? So he goes up and he gives them tracks, and they like them, and so they, they ask for more, and they give them to the people who are inside of the tents. They reach inside, hey, you guys need to read this. So they give them to the people inside the tents and all that, and he's like, okay, whatever. He walks a few feet, few feet further, he meets this big, big guy, and he's talking to these two other guys, and he goes up and he gives them tracks, and this big guy's like, hey, son, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm just giving out these tracks. So he takes the tracks, and he looks at it, and he says, hey, uh, you know, I've seen these, man, and all this kind of thing. He's like, Son, this is, this is good. You see that door over there? He says, that's my office. Go, go take some of your tracks and put them in my office. That man was a pimp. You know what a pimp is, right? Anyway, and the women who were at the tents? Yeah. Amazing, huh? Powerful. And he had no idea, no idea until afterwards what he was doing. People took it, man. We had so good reception over in San Francisco. So we did another million there in, in uh, San Francisco. That spawned another mission trip where they passed out 30,000 tracks in literally one afternoon in Palo Alto. One of our missionaries was from that mission trip went and did his own mission trip, okay? He led it himself. 30,000 tracks in one afternoon. They blanketed all, I think it was East Palo Alto. One of the other missionaries that came on that trip, they led their own mission trip in Tennessee recently. And uh, they, they passed out, I think it was 40,000 tracks in, in an afternoon with a large crowd uh, down there. Uh, that spawned uh, a few other things. We have a mission trip that's coming up in, in uh, Chicago. That's going to be this fall. The Michigan Conference is putting on a mission trip to Chicago. They're going to be passing out a million tracks in Chicago. And uh, we also are planning with the, the Canadian Union uh, publishing director to do a mission trip to the Northwestern Territories, which is above Canada, uh, up to a place called Yellowknife. And uh, it's so far north that <laughs> the sun doesn't really set that well. We're only able to accept eight people on this mission trip, and I already have people that are, that are telling me, you better put me on that one. So 
Um, we're going to go up there and we're going to um, pass out, drive out to the little villages of 100, 200, uh, what they call First Nation people, which are what, equivalent for Native Americans, what we call in the United States. And uh, these are isolated people, very you know, remote, and we're going to go out there, we're going to pass out, uh, give them literature. So that's an exciting one coming up. Uh, we just finished doing one in, I think it was Minnesota. Uh, there was a large Hmong gathering there. They passed out, I think, about uh, 30 or so thousand tracts in uh, one day. Um, there's one coming up to Salt Lake City. Uh, the Mormons are going to be having their general conference uh, this uh, next spring, and we're going to go out and do a million track distribution mission trip immediately before that general conference. The last day of that mission trip is the first day of their general conference meetings. Um, and there's one coming up uh, being planned for Arizona to pass out literature in the reservations for, to the Native Americans. Uh, Upper Columbia Conference is putting one together. Um, anyway, I'm going to have to skip through some of these. Let me just tell you about Romania. This is the one I need your help with the most. Romania. Uh, the General Conference is doing 1,200 or so simultaneous evangelistic meetings in Romania. What just happened in Rwanda with 100,000 baptisms, they're repeating that in Romania. They're doing one large meeting each year. And in Romania, we're working with the General Conference total member involvement and the Romanian Union to do a mission trip in, 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 the Buc in Bucharest, the capital of Romania, and we're going to pass out a million glow tracks. We just got the funding for that last night. And uh, we've, we've been recruiting people, and uh, we're going to go in, in the winter and pass out a million tracts in Romanian. And every one of these tracts will be a tract in itself, but it'll also be inviting people to come to those meetings. So we're doing a million invitations to come to the 1,200 simultaneous evangelistic meetings. The last day of our mission trip is the first day of those meetings. So we're going to be, it's going to be fresh in people's minds, right when they're ready to do it. We're going to try and reach some, uh, some of the gypsy villages out there, and uh, you don't have to speak Romanian but you do have to be able to walk a lot, and you have to be able to bear the cold, okay? And uh, it's uh, exciting if, you, if any of you can come out. We're recruiting a lot of people. There's a lot of interest. There's one coming up to Sweden. Uh, that's this fall as well. They're going to pass out 144,000 tracks when Pope Francis visits there. And uh, we're working on Russia, too. Uh, that one's not posted up on our website. But, oh, and of course, Japan. Okay, so this is the main website. Here's the... Here's one of my main points of the whole time as we wrap up, okay? You want to visit this website, glowmissiontrips.org. Very easy to remember, okay? Um, this is the website where we will be posting our mission trip options. Right now, we have about four of them that are posted up there. Some of the ones I mentioned are not even up there yet because they're still in the planning stages. But uh, this is a, the website where you can go and register for mission trips, glowmissiontrips.org, plural, glowmissiontrips.org. And uh, I have some cards, too, if you want a hard copy of that uh, website to have in hand, glowmissiontrips.org. If you cannot go on a mission trip, you still can support, because this website also makes it available if you want to donate towards a mission trip, if you want to donate towards Romania, or you want to donate towards, well, we don't need any more funding for Romania, but if you want to donate towards Salt Lake City or those kind of things, you know, encourage people to go and visit that website. Look, even $5 a month, if everybody gave $5 a month towards this, we would have a fund large enough that we could, we could help some of these students that want to do mission trips in, in different parts of the country and different parts of the world church that they don't have the funding for it. We could provide the funding for that so they can put together the mission trip. That's the largest obstacle is getting the million tracks or so uh, funded. And uh, depending on the country, it costs more or less USD. So uh, I encourage you to go visit that website. This is a picture of the, uh, the home page here. Um, on the top, you'll notice, uh, well, on the home page, you'll notice that there's, there's several mission trips that are emphasized, but, but this is not all the mission trips that are available. The home page doesn't show all of them that are available. 
you have to go up here on the tab where it says trips, okay? And you can click on trips and uh, it'll, it'll let you register and see all the different trips and their timing, their expenses, and all those kind of things. Last thing I wanna tell you. I'm, I wanna encourage you and those who are listening to this uh, presentation on Audioverse to not just go on a mission trip, but to create your own. It doesn't have to be a million track distribution, but you can go and blanket an entire uh, city that's close by your hometown. And you know what, it's actually very easy to do. We have explicit, exhaustive, step-by-step -step instructions on this website for how you can make your own mission trip happen in your own local area, from who to talk to to get donations towards it, including your conference, all the way down to securing facilities, running the program, even how to lead the program in, 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 a, in a neighborhood when you have the people in the vehicle with you. We have all of that information on this website. So where do you get it? You, once again, when you're on glowmissiontrips.org, you click on trips. As soon as you click on trips, you're gonna have two options. You either click register or you click create. If you click create, that will lead you to a document that we have which we're hopefully gonna be making into a video soon, but the document will break down step by step how you can start your own mission trip. And, uh, and we'll be here, of course, to, to support you and help you with that and give you advice and, and hopefully, you know, set up funding. Now this, by the way, this website, glowmissiontrips.org, this website is set up for you to advertise your mission trip on. You will have the ability, when you follow the instructions, to set up your own mission trip on the website, so as an advertising uh, piece so that when people want to learn about other, all the mission trips that are available, they can see your mission trip posted on this website too. So we have instructions there as well. Very easy, people can register for your, your mission trip and everything. Okay? Okay, great. Well, I hope that our time together has been productive, and uh, I hope that you've been inspired to, if nothing else, continue to carry tracks with you in your pocket. We have a booth here, uh, come and visit us, and if you have any questions afterwards, I'll be here for a few minutes, and uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much that we could meet together today. As I prayed at the beginning, we want to re-ask that as a ripple effect of our time together, tens or hundreds of thousands of people would come to a knowledge of the three angels' messages. Thank you, Lord, that we can work for you as things are wrapping up. And uh, we pray for your hand to guide us. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.